All right, welcome to Cloud and Clear. I'm Adam Massey, VP of ISV and Marketplace Sales here at SADA. Uh, as you all know, Cloud and Clear is our favorite podcast where we interview customers and partners and talk about trends in the market and trends in cloud overall. Uh, I'm honored today to have Steve Walden from Encorda joining me. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Uh, well, I am so pleased you're here. I'm excited about our budding partnership with Encorda and some of the big problems we're solving together with customers. So I'm excited to kind of dig into that today. I want to learn more about how you guys look at the market, customer trends, and also just about your journey with SADA and Google. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, Steve, one of the things I love to do with guests, it's kind of been a new thing we've been trying out, is just some personal questions to better understand you and what your career arc has been, what's brought you to this, you know, this point in your career, and also a little bit about you know, st fun stuff that like you're reading and things you're into right now. So if you yeah. will... Uh, if you'll play along, I'd love to ask you a couple of those questions and maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, awesome. And maybe just like start off at the top. So tell me a little bit about the career path that led you to this current role and also about your current role and what you do at Encorda. Yeah, sounds great, Adam. So uh, at Encorda, I lead uh, two things. One is our global partner channel. Uh, so it's both technology alliances as well as uh, channel partners and systems integrators. The other side of things is I, I lead our corporate strategy as well, um, which gives me really broad exposure across the business. And um, yeah, really maybe non-traditional career arc, um, although maybe it is. Uh, I've been involved really in every part of software businesses uh, from when I got started 30 years ago. Um, so direct sales roles, uh, sales engineering roles, um, product-related roles, uh, partner roles. Um, and I've, I've done it both as individual contributors, as well as leadership across all of those, um, including general management roles in really large companies. And um, one of the things that I, I love most about it is, you know, being engaged with our partners gives me really broad exposure across every aspect of our business, because partners are, are you know, sometimes looking for great integration points, which pulls me in on the product side. On the go-to-market side, uh, obviously, that's a big part of, of, of what we're doing with our partners every day. And so I get pulled into a lot of sales situations, marketing, et cetera. So, um, you know, really broad exposure uh, to the business. Yeah, that's awesome. I've actually been a sales and alliance leader for a big chunk of my career as well. So I know that role well. I didn't have the, the uh, ability to have the corporate strategy piece in, but I think, you know, a lot of what we do informs that for sure. If you were to go back and, you know, to your 25-year-old self, like what professional advice would you give 25-year-old Steve? Yeah, boy, what a knucklehead 25-year-old Steve was. Um, but I'll, I'll give two. Um, is, uh, is first, um, you're going to learn a lot more from failure than from success. And, and I'll give you just, just one quick snippet. Worked for a company and, and the CEO was, a, he was a, a bit of a nut around contracts. And what I mean by that is when, when we got contracts, we would FedEx them out, two copies, wet signatures, he'd get them back. One would go in uh, a locked file drawer in the office and the other one would go into the safe deposit box at the bank. Um, because he knew that, you know, one day we'd sell the business and, you know, really the value in the business was, was that collection of contracts. And, and I always thought it was a little nutty. And then we got acquired by a company and that company had a very different policy around agreements and they lived in file cabinets in the hall and people, you know, would check them out and never return them. And um, we, we couldn't find a whole bunch of contracts and that became 
problematic um, over time. So that was not, it was not a personal failure, but it was a sort of a corporate failure that, um, you know, I learned more from, from that particular lesson than, than many. But second, you know, I think um, picking a winning company more than the company that's going to pay you the most dollars today, you know, you can get uh, a, a nice salary with, with a lot of different places. Um, but if you pick a company that's, that's on a great growth path, um, the payoff in the end is going to typically be an awful lot bigger. Yeah, I fully agree with both those points, especially failure is something that like if you have if you work in a culture where people are scared to fail, they're never going to be bold and take risks and try things. So 25 year old Adam would also have appreciated that advice. That's cool. Um, what about this? Like, who are you inspired by? Are there any leaders you look up to? And tell me more about that. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, you can think about the, uh, obviously the Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, right. That have, that have obviously done pretty incredible things, but, but it's really, to me, it's, it's people that are entrepreneurs who really risk it all to follow a dream in our company, you know, Osama and Hashem and Matthew, who were, you know, three of the co-founders, they left, you know, great jobs at Oracle to found Incorda, um, and they, they risked it all, really, to come do that. I worked at a company called Altrix, another real fast-growing analytics firm. And, you know, Dean Stokers, you know, the founder, CEO there, Libby Duane, uh, Ned Harding, they did the same thing. You know, they had great jobs. Uh, they left to go start something uh, brand new. I worked with another uh, great entrepreneur, Hemet Shah, at a company called RMS. And, and they literally created something out of nothing. And I don't have the, the stomach, I think, to go do that. Um, uh, I'd rather, you know, kind of look around and pick somebody that I think has got a real big chance of winning and then, and then go join uh, those organizations. But the folks that are willing to, to make those big bets, I've got uh, just sort of massive, you know, inspiration from those folks. Yeah, I, I, I do too. That's a great, that's a great point. Uh, what are you currently reading and what podcast are you into or podcast? <laughs> Yeah, so really different things. Um, you know, Amp It Up by Frank Slootman. Um, uh, uh, you know, Frank is currently CEO at Snowflake, and you know, I think everybody in the industry is, has has looked at amazing things that that he's done. You know, I, I think you know one of the big takeaways um, that I've gotten from that book is really getting your people aligned and focusing in a pretty narrow way on 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 what you do every day. I think is um, is is one of those things you can take a lot from and and um totally different side of things um a friend of mine turned me on to a podcast uh called the huberman lab and i don't know if you've heard of that but stanford uh professor in in neuroscience and he invites on all kinds of cool guests but it's it's all kinds of of interesting things from you know hey how does light impact you as a human being um in all of its different varieties um uh how dopamine uh is is uh affects different parts of your life and how you can sort of modulate that um so all kinds of really interesting uh sort of science-based things that come out of that one and they're 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 typically over two hours long and so you just kind of put them on and 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 uh and listen but they're always fascinating yeah, that's awesome. I got to check that out. I was not familiar with that one. Um, I've on the other end of the spectrum. I've been really into a podcast called Smartless. Have you heard of that one? No, I've not heard of that. It's one. It's Jason Bateman, um, Will Arnett, 
Oh, and I'm blanking on the third guy's name. And they just have amazing guests on, but they're so funny to listen to, like three old friends. Uh, and it's very light. So if you ever need like something just to kind of like reset, that it's, it's a good one. Well, I'm, I'm here, in, I'm, I'm here in, in Newport Beach, California today, and it is the home of the original banana stand. Right. So, um, you know, I know those guys were on, uh, on Arrested Development. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's a great podcast. You'll, you'll become addicted. It's hilarious. Um, awesome. All right, well. I think like before we get into some of the stuff around our partnership, I'd love to just talk about Encorda a little bit. So you guys are in such a fascinating space to me personally. Like I, I see data as becoming one of the most important things uh, from a technology perspective. How do you unlock it? How do you leverage it? How do you create competitive advantage with data? Uh, that's not a new concept, right? Like people have been um, tackling the problem ever since I've been in software, which is like almost 25 years now. But You've seen like these evolutions of it where as technology evolves, new practices, new approaches come about. Uh, I remember the cube, my first early days at Oracle. And then, you know, data warehouses have been something that have been huge. And now people are trying to replace data warehouses. And there's so many different approaches to managing data, but really getting business value from data. Where, like, how do you guys see that trend and the, uh, the evolution of that? And specifically, like, in the context of Encorda, because you guys have a very innovative solution that solves a lot of these problems around complexity and usability for customers. Yeah, we do. And, and I, I think, you know, maybe first and foremost, you know, as, as we think about that, that word data, um, you know, it comes in a whole bunch of different forms and um, the analytical techniques that you, that you need to apply to different kinds of data starts to look pretty different. So, so for example, if you've got, you know, quote unquote, big data um, that comes largely as as a massively long single table, the analytic tools that you'd put on top of that would look really different than something where you've got a bunch of, of, of independent tables that are joined together in a variety of different ways. And, and so when we think about this, I mean, so, uh, you know, a great example would be, you know, a company like uh, Meta, uh, Facebook. They, you know, they invented Presto uh, as a technology and, and um, you know, it's capable of analyzing truly massive amounts of data. But when they got into, hey, we've got uh, financial data that lives in, in an ERP system and we want to analyze it, um, that data is scattered across, you know, in the case of, uh, you mentioned your, your, your background from Oracle, it could be scattered across literally tens of thousands of different tables. And joining tables becomes something that most databases are not very good at. Um, and so, you know, one table to another table, not so bad, but you start to, to, to get into, you know, many tables and that becomes a really big problem. So the solution to that historically has been, let's create a data warehouse and let's flatten the data in some way so that the query engines can kind of keep up with that stuff. So, you know, like the premise though is, different tools for different kinds of problems. And if I, if I boil down really where we play most often in organizations, um, we really are a modern platform for ERP analytics in those companies. So, you know, it's, it's certainly ERP data. It's often joined with something else. Um, so, you know, your finance system can't be completely disjoined from your CRM system, which often is not, um, you know, leveraging the same set of technology. And the reason for that is the data that people are analyzing out of these systems 
has some very different attributes than other kinds of data. So if you're sitting in a finance and accounting team, you typically need essentially real-time access to the data that's in the ERP, but you can't query the ERP directly. It's too slow. Um, so you want data that's fresh. Um, you've got data uh, uh, security needs that are really different because the data that lives in an ERP is the most sensitive data that most organizations have. All their finance data uh, could be their HR data sitting in these systems. And so being able to mirror the permissions of the source system in real time becomes you know, a, a, a pretty critical element that most uh, organizations would desire. The ability to have access to all of the data. So if you think about typical data warehouse design, um, you're not pulling all of the data from the source systems because that wasn't part of the initial requirements. And so you've got subsets of the data, subset of the columns, um, subset of the tables, and you may need all of the data. And um, again, you mentioned Oracle. So, you know, things like subledger detail that people want to be able to prove the number at the top of the sheet matches all of the data. Um, you know, that's another really critical element. This concept around hierarchies and you know, there's hierarchies in finance data, but maybe the simplest thing for most of us to understand would be um, HR data, right? So I report to our CEO, Scott Jones, if if um, if tomorrow I got layered uh, in the organization, I reported to somebody that reports to Scott, um, you'd have to make a decision in a data warehouse, manager one, manager two, manager three, how many levels of hierarchy do you want to have? And if there's a change, you get to re-roll uh, all of that and write out new values in those columns. Whereas in the analytics that customers want to do on, on ERP data, they want to be able to just when a, when a hierarchy changes, which they do all the time, all the data just flows through in the in the right kind of way. And those are some of the attributes that make ERP analytics very different from, you know, analytics that you might do in a typical data warehouse, because you can't really get those things inside of a warehouse. And that's really where we play today. So, you know, really big organizations, I mentioned, you know, uh, Facebook in that list, you know, Comcast, Best Buy. Apple, Starbucks, many others are using Incorda today. Um, but we also got a ton of mid-market customers that um, are you know, where it's really exciting. We, we get a lot of volume um, in terms of our our new logos coming from organizations that are you know typically in the sort of half billion in revenue up to you know, maybe two billion in revenue category. And so you don't have to be the world's largest organizations to use Incorda. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about the customer journey. So I think that's fascinating because just the idea of like combining like, I don't know, Salesforce data with, you know, SAP ERP data, like it sounds like a complete nightmare. It sounds like you guys make that much, much easier for customers. Where are customers generally? I mean, I'm sure there's not one model, but what's a typical customer journey or life cycle look like with you guys? Where do they start and what does that evolution look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I think where customers typically started is they've got a problem that they're looking to solve today. And, you know, it could be something, you know, sitting with uh, an organization saying, look, I've got an accounts receivable problem and um, I've got, I mean, look, the economy has changed, right? And so people are trying to be more efficient. If you think about a typical ERP system, they've got this concept of, of aging buckets, right? So you're you're less than 30 days, you're 30 to 60, 60 to 90, uh, 90 plus. There is a difference in terms of like how much you should chase somebody if they're 
31 days late versus 59 days late. It's It should be a, a knob. It shouldn't be a, a, a giant bucket that's sitting out there. And so creating a prioritized list every morning for a, an AR team could be an example of, we just need to get this thing solved. We had a, a, an opportunity um, with, uh, with another company that was looking to understand subscription renewals so that they would be able to do a better job of managing churn within their business. And, um, you know, the, the data warehouse team told them it was going to be a six month project and they came to us and we were able to do a, a POC that got them to the answer they were looking for in six weeks. And so it, those are the kinds of places where we start. And once people get started with Encorda, they'll find other use cases. And so those typically start to grow uh, quite quickly. That that churn reduction use case is interesting because I've seen so many people t- try to tackle the churn prediction uh, challenge, especially in software businesses with like writing complex AI and ML models, but then like the data drifts and then you have to redo the models. Um, that, that's a really cool use case that you guys actually enable very quickly. Yeah, I would say I would, just kind of adding on to that because that's a, that's really a, a theme. Obviously, we've got you know ability inside of our platform to uh, both train models as well as score models, and so people can build that stuff in. But I think where where most people really are in their own minds is like that model score is valuable, but I want to see all of the descriptive analytics sitting next to it. So that does it match my intuition on this particular um, piece of data? And so whether it's people trying to predict churn or it's people trying to predict buy store, buy skew, how many units will be on hand on a given date so they can figure out how to maybe reallocate the supply chain a little bit. Those are, are, are great use cases, but I don't think that you know the model in and of itself in isolation is what most people are looking for. No, they're, they're, it's about business outcomes, right? It's about how do you solve a business problem quickly, efficiently, and in a way where you're not doing strange and unnatural acts to get there that aren't going to be useful six months from now. Right. So yeah, the ability to build, learn your platform, build, build a foundation with it, and then go tackle a bunch of different use cases is incredibly cool. Yeah. That's really useful. I mean, I think that's another cool thing that I'm excited about our partnership in is our ability to work together to go solve customer problems uh, in this whole data domain where people are trying to get to outcomes. And that's, you know, what I think we share in common, which is great. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back, I mean, we started working together really first in the context of Google Cloud and Google Cloud Platform. Um, Can you share just like a little bit about like what led you guys to pick GCP and what that journey has been like for Encorda? Yeah, great, great question. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of choice uh, out there as to to what to go do. So we're a a reasonably small uh, organization still under 100 million in uh, annual recurring revenue. And that, you know, one of the things that that leads to is we can't be on everybody's cloud um, as, as our initial offering. Um, and so we had to pick one. And when we were out looking, one of the things that really struck us as we were uh, looking at GCP in particular, they really acted as a true partner to us. And they gave us a lot of support in those early days. And they treated us like we were really important. Um, and I know, you know, look, we are a tiny little rounding error in, um, in, in GCP's revenues, but they treated us like we were really important. And, you know, that came in, in you know, obviously, you know, I, I call it simple things like cl- uh, cr- cloud credits, um, but it's also come in, in testing of, you know, for example, even recently our connector to, uh, to BigQuery and giving us a whole bunch of great feedback on that. 
Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I know that, you know, when we first got in, engaged together at the beginning of that journey, um, as you know, obviously we work very closely with Google and we started working with Encorda. And I think one of the things I've loved about our uh, contribution to the journey is just, you know, helping you guys with um, getting to the outcomes with GCP faster, helping you optimize um, and really like helping give you that white glove, uh, you know, support to not only get onto the platform successfully, but then grow and tackle, you know, the emerging challenges that just come up. Yes, yeah, Sada's been Sada's been awesome, awesome in helping us with that, and we really appreciate the partnership. Yeah, I know that um, one of the things that you know our teams are working on together is we recently helped create this new query. I know you guys rely heavily; your architecture is very GKE centric. So I know we helped you guys create some new queries for your GKE cluster, really with the goal of helping to make real time pricing decisions that will ultimately determine like customer profitability on your platform. Anything you can share on that? That's a really cool use case. I, again, I think there's a lot of technology involved, but I love just kind of focusing on the business outcomes we're trying to achieve together. Yeah, which, which is great. The, the whole problem that we were really trying to solve for is in our new pricing that we've just rolled out, are we going to lose money? I mean, that's, that's really uh, at the core of it. And uh, being able to understand on a per customer basis um, what our costs actually look like so that we could optimize uh, the pricing because, you know, current environment, we need to make sure that our product is attractively priced. Um, but we also, uh, at the same time, want to make sure that we that we build a, a, ultimately a very profitable business. And um, so the work that we've done together and that you've led um, has been able to give us, you know, a lot more insight into what our true costs are. And, um, you know, flying blind when you're, when you're trying to understand that is, is obviously quite painful. So great work there. And we're just, we're just uh, getting to the finish line on that project. And it's been amazing. Yeah, thank you. And I, I'm excited about it also. And I think also, like, I look at the state of our partnership as we're early in a multi-year journey, right, of not only helping you, you know, maximize optimization and utilization of GCP, but doing more things together, both in terms of like Encorda as a customer, but also as a partner. You know, when you think about like our relationship, that's the other piece I get excited about is how can we as a services partner, a leader in Google, like Google Cloud's ecosystem, go drive more customer use cases, acquisition, and then also growth within Encorda through the platform. So, you know, one of the things we've, we've talked about very publicly is like the innovation and the investment we're doing in data and analytics as a services practice for SADA. Now, as having Encorda as an alliance partner of ours, you're part of our quiver of solutions that we can take to customers. So we see this customer lifecycle on our side where customers come to us and do their initial migration to or build out on the platform. And then they're in this position, kind of much like you described on your side, where it's like, what are the other use cases we can go unlock and optimize? And certainly like Google has a lot of amazing first party services on their platform, but then we can tackle really specific business problems with you guys as part of that overall customer success practice. So I, you know, I know you're, you're really like our champion on the partnership side of the business. What is the next chapter of that look like for you? Like, what do you think um, success looks like for SADA and Encorda together as you look forward into the future? Yeah, great question. And I, I think, First and foremost, um, you know, if I, if I think about uh, GCP's business, BigQuery is really, you know, at the center of, um, you know, their data universe. And there's obviously lots that they built around that. 
Um, I think first and foremost, it's just understanding what BigQuery is really good at, what Encorda is really good at, because they tend to be good at really different things. And just making sure, you know, as you said, as people are on that journey, that they're not trying to solve a problem um, with Encorda, they'd be better suited in BigQuery and vice versa. And so I think as, as, as the partnership gets rolling and we start to be able to share with uh, SADA's customers the capabilities that are in Corda um, for those, those, uh, those users, you know, typically in sitting in finance departments, um, but, you know, analytics folks that are looking at, at access to, you know, ERP data that's often blended with CRM data and other data. I, you know, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of excitement from, from your customers and they'll see how we fit. I am really excited about, um, you know, the, the SADA customer base, you guys have got amazing customers um, and, and not just an amazing customer list, but you've built great relationships with those customers. And so I think it'll give us an opportunity to have those conversations um, about why Incorda's analytics might be different than analytics that they've worked with in the past. Yeah. And I love that clarity around use case, especially with respect to BigQuery, because a lot of our customers are jumping into BigQuery and they start down a path that might be better optimized for complementary tech like yours around it. And so when I think about you know what the next six months look like in terms of our partnership, it's just equipping our sellers and our customers with really good understanding of what are those use cases. Can you know nobody better than Encorda can solve like that are ideal for your platform uh, because then it's like th- that's where you get really quick wins and hopefully expose a lot of our customers to you for the first time and they can begin their growth journey with you. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I, I think that's all we've got for today. If you have any final thoughts, Steve, I welcome them. Um, I'm excited about the partnership. I really want to uh, you know, just thank you for joining us and for getting to know you better and learning about some of those uh, some of those personal things as well as like your career journey and some of the excitement we have mutually about Encorda. No, Adam, you know, first off, thanks for having me on, on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate that. We're super excited about our partnership with SADA. Um, you guys have been an awesome partner so far. Getting to this profitability uh, uh, by customer has been, you know, something that's been on a lot of our plates. Um, so we're happy to get that to the finish line. But I think just generally, um, you know, in this economy that we've, that we've moved into, Every company is looking for ways to drive greater efficiency. And so, you know, as we're all thinking about how we can add value to our customers and our partners, right? Driving efficiency is one of those. You've helped us uh, with that on the pricing side. The migration of the cloud is certainly uh, one of those, uh, those areas where I think most companies are looking to drive more efficiencies by, by uh, the continued migration of applications and data to uh, to the cloud and uh, really appreciate working with you and the team at SADA. Yeah, no, thank you so much for being on, for being an amazing customer and partner. And I would be remiss if I didn't drop a plug for SADA Impact, which is coming up September 14th and 15th in Los Angeles. Uh, if you guys out there haven't signed up, please register. Come join us either in person or virtually. Uh, it's going to be an amazing event with uh, some special speakers, um, amazing networking, and lots of great, uh, exciting information about you know the, the months coming for us all. So thank you so much, Steve, and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thank you for listening to Cloud & Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics 
And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.